emergency station. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Garf Network. I am Eric. Uh, Matt is having some technical difficulties, so he'll be joining us in a little bit. Uh, today, we are having a very special episode. It's at 11 a.m. I think this is the first time we've ever broadcast in the morning, but it's for very good reason, because we're bringing on our Garf ambassadors who are located around the, the world. So we kind of had to make do with everybody's uh, uh, time frame. So um, before we get into the main part of the show, I do want to mention that uh, GARF Network broadcasts are brought to you for free by the GARF George A. Romero Foundation. If you'd like to make a donation, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. The first one is by visiting our main website. You can uh, check out everything we're, we've got going on, all of our latest news, uh, everything that's going on with the uh, GARF Ambassadors and the uh, GARF Global Project. And you can, uh, I think I mentioned already, you can make a donation there. And you can also sign up for our newsletter that comes out quarterly. You can also make a donation via Patreon, where we have multiple subscription levels uh, from $3 on up. And we have uh, exclusive Patreon videos and uh, content over there. So without any further ado, I want to bring on our GARF Global Coordinator, as well as our GARF uh, UK Ambassador, Mr. Colin Corcoran. How you doing, sir? Morning, Eric. How are you doing? Great. It's morning here. I think uh, it's uh, about dinner time over there in the it's, UK. It is. It's afternoon here. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you alluded to the various time zones. Uh, we do have to manage uh, quite disparate time zones and so thank you for doing a morning broadcast for us <laughs> uh, I, th I think the most extreme we've had is we've had to pull in la uh at the same time as uh japan which i think is like 14 hours uh so somebody's always up in the middle of the night and uh mm -hmm. usually as, as we'll get on to it's, it's one of our poor ambassadors uh but today we've managed to uh, just about work it. So everybody's uh, pretty much uh, up during their uh, normal hours, normal social hours, certainly. So, yeah, so we're all very happy to be on. Uh, the Gulf Global Empire is growing. Uh, we've now, uh, there's four of us, four ambassadors. I think the last time I was lucky enough to be on the show, uh, there may have been just two, I think myself and one other. So we're expanding the network all the time. And I'm so pleased that we've managed to get some of the guys on today for a good chat because they've got some really exciting things going on in their respective territories. Uh, we've got Paolo in Italy and he's got some really exciting stuff that he's going to be talking to us about. He's got a lot of... Uh, contacts in Italy, you know, that are, you know, really putting together some good horror stuff, old and new. Uh, we've got Norman in Japan, Norman England, who I think uh, you guys may know because he's a, he's a bit of an expat. He's a, not so much an Englishman in New York as more of an American in uh, Tokyo. Uh, and he's got some really exciting stuff on the boil uh, in his territory with regard to some projects that he's working on that I'll let him uh, explain further about and, and maybe some good exciting Garth stuff we want to get off the ground over there and we've also got Julian who I understand might be having some technical difficulties as well but he's our man in France uh, and again he's got some great stuff going on he's 
quite the prolific author and, and he's got a few books that uh, if he manages to get on he'll be happy to tell us about and they'll be great to hear because they really are extensive pieces of work and, and they go right into some really good subject matter uh i'm running a bit of a sweepstake on julian i'm tempted to think he could be exactly one hour late uh because he may have test got, your theory yeah. he may have got the time Hopefully zone, not. So a little bit out there which, which to be fair you know when you're trying to manage uh four or five across uh the globe it, it can get a bit complicated i and then recently going a bit off topic but recently of course we've had british summer time and then the daylight saving time so the gap changes and then you have to factor that in so so it's something that we manage uh, across Garth Global, but we managed to manage it with some success. Uh, and like I say, just, yeah, thanks for, for doing the morning broadcast for us. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you answer however you want. I'm, I'm curious because I'm not sure. Are, are we still uh, looking for further ambassadors or is that kind of shut down at the moment? No, no, we always are. We always are. We're in discussion uh, with some guys across the social media platforms now uh, and uh once we uh we're in a bit of a phase where we're starting to fingers crossed move out of the lockdown phase and into maybe being able to uh do things a bit more in person a bit less virtually uh, a little bit more face to face uh so as those opportunities open up uh hopefully we'll be able to get out there a bit more and potentially yeah grow the team so we're always looking to grow the team uh and that's something that we're looking at seriously quarter four this year and beyond Excellent. Uh, speaking of growing the team, Matt, do you want to try and uh, hop in and see how the connection? There he is. Hey. 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 Sorry about that, guys. That's, that's modern technology for you. I apologize for missing the intro and everything. Oh, no. Uh-oh. See, I'm yeah. a bit disappointed because usually this is me. This is me that brings <laughs> these problems. Yeah, we were counting on you for this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is what I do. So Colin's on the call. He'll be the one that freezes in some sort of embarrassing facial expression. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, uh, well, without any further ado, do you want to go ahead and uh, let's bring on our ambassadors? You want to let's bring them on one at a time. Yeah, let's bring on Paolo and introduce Paolo to the to the crew. Hey, Paolo. Hello. How How hey, you? Paolo. I will just say this and then I'll leave Paolo to uh, give us his little bit of introduction. So I often fall foul of uh, speaking too fast for Paolo. Paolo's, uh, Paolo's uh, obviously, uh, English is his second language. Uh, I will say his English is a lot, lot better than my Italian, which is pretty much non-existent. Uh, so I'm still trying now and probably still failing, but just just treat paolo uh with a little bit of a slow speech and then we'll get all the great info how's it going paolo it's fine very happy to be here uh, you know talking about the you guys the great ambassadors uh, uh carry on george legacy here in italy um of course you know I, I have to start saying that you know in italy american horror has been always loved a lot and uh talking about that you know i guess that george He's one of the most beloved directors ever. Maybe the fight is just between him and John Carpenter. So they were very good friends. So it's fine anyway, you know. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud to remember, uh, it, you know, one of the last great satisfaction of George's life is being uh, coming to Luca Film Festival, where I organized the uh, retrospective and we gave him like um, the, the the award, the Careers Award. 
And uh, lots of people from all over Italy came there to express George their, their full love. And, and George, of course, he wasn't completely unprepared about the love from Italian fans, but, you know, he really was overwhelmed. And he kept remembering me how, how deeply moved he was for, you know, the warmth uh, expressed to him by the Italian fans. So, uh, you know, I always have great memories. And, uh, you know, right now with the creation of the foundation and other projects that have been going on, there is a huge interest. Uh, the, the interest is always there. And the love of the fans uh, is always there. I've been contacted by many people uh, for with a lot of congratulation and, and curiosity about the Garf um, Foundation. They want to know what we get, what we do, what you do, guys. What you know, what could be the the, the immediate and, and also uh, the amusement park thing was uh, was a great. Uh, uh, people, oh, I didn't know about that. I want to see that. Uh, you know, and all these questions. So I guess that George is still with us, at least in Italy, you know, and and we will, I mean, at least for what I can do, uh, I would do my best to not to change this situation. I would, you know, now we had, we had this pandemia thing, this this pandemic hell, but as soon as it's possible, and I, and I hope really now, I want to organize uh, events, uh, retrospective, uh, anything with you guys, even in, here in Italy. Last thing I did a uh, couple of years ago in Pordenone, we re re remember George, I introduced Night of the Living Dead, the Pordenone Festival, and uh, that was great. So I hope I can do that more and more and more and more. And, and also uh, introducing new movies to the Italian audience. For example, I'm not saying new, but uh, I'm always been a little bit sad that a, a movie like Night Riders didn't get any theatrical release here in Italy. And considering it one of George's masterpieces, I really would like to, you know, I would like Italian audience know that much better, you know, because it's never been dubbed. And so there is these language barriers and stuff, never, never been distributed properly. So of course the, the hardcore fans know it anyway. Now we have, we have the Blu-ray, the DVDs, whatever. But that's one of my desire is to have Italian audience know better and better uh, night riders. Yeah, that's similar in the UK. Uh, I would say, you know, night riders uh, and bruiser and maybe to a slightly lesser extent, Martin uh, could do with a lot more uh, attention. Well, well, Martin, Martin, I, I would say, I, I could say the same because, of course, we had we added that here, but we had vampire. You know, the Dario, mm -hmm. completely different edited version that actually I don't like very much. Actually, you know, I I'd like uh, to Italian audience know uh, the George version much better. So, Paolo, do you know? Can you confirm? Is that legit? Was that legitimately cut together by Dario? Well, you know, don't 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 ask me stuff that <laughs> in a very bad situation. But yeah. no, I have no idea, actually. You I know? always thought that was just a rumor. Yeah, I didn't know if that was no, true I, or I, not. I don't think so. Considering the relationship between George and, and Dario, I don't think that, you know, so. But mm -hmm. I have no idea. I never heard about that. It's the first time. Yeah. So I can help you. And I wouldn't help you anyway if you knew. So. <laughs>
Well, also we have uh, Mr. Norman England in the the green room. I guess we we'll go ahead and bring him on here. Let me out. Let me out. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and I'm with uh, Miyako here. Hey, Miyako. Hi, Miyako. Hey. Nice to see you. Hey, Miyako. How are you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm a Miyako. She's going to introduce herself first. So here. <laughs> <laughs> I have normal with golf in Japan on Twitter, Japanese writing. Uh, I like Romero movie. I love horror, so I work at the Suspiria Bar in Tokyo. Uh, I'm happy to help go. Awesome. How about that? Great idea. Let me give her a gold star. Okay. <laughs> Perfect comment. <laughs> my English is not good, so I'm watching this uh, in my room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. See you. No, I oh, wanted to, you know. No, I yeah, I wanted to show I mean it's kind of weird, like you know, Paolo, he's Italian, he's in Italy, you know, and Julian's French and he's in France, and the guy in Japan is like an American guy. So it, it's kind of a it's a little bizarre in a way, but um I mean that generally speaking, Japanese people don't have like you know, generally, you know, a high English proficiency. So I mean some of course some people do, but it's kind of weird for such a a first world country to have such a low level of English, you know, but, but anyway, I mean, it's like, um, you know, talking about myself and my own work in Japan, I mean, I, I moved to Japan in 93 and, you know, so just about what, you know, going 28 years, 29 years. Yeah. It'd be 30 years soon enough, but I mean, it's always been like, you know, uh, I've been a, a fan of George's work, you know, since, I would say since 1968, you know, I didn't see Night of Living Dead in the theaters, but I heard about it and I read about it in magazines, you know, then seeing Night of Living Dead on TV in New York and from New York. So I guess the first TV broadcast, like 73, 72, 73, you know, when it had like the dramatization, you know, under all, you know, so I, I, that was like my first introduction to George's stuff. And then, you know, of course, you know, over the years, but anyway, you know, you know, coming to Japan, you know, I, was lucky that you know I, I picked a country that actually really loves George's work. You know, uh, George's films are you know very highly regarded here. I mean, he's got a lot of fans here. Um, I'm glad I didn't wind up in a country where it was like nothing. You know what I mean? Nothing about him. So, I mean, I was pretty lucky that I would say like, how did this happen? I guess like ninety. I moved here in 92, so, you know, I was, you know, I didn't really have friends uh, living in Osaka, and I was going to, like, uh, you know, looking for like-minded friends, you know, people who like the movies that I like, you know, which has always been a thing, and so I started going to where they would sell movie poster events in Osaka. I lived in Osaka. Boy, I, I'm such an idiot. I used to be able to get the the, the Japanese uh, Dawn of the Dead poster, the original one, for five bucks. And I bought a bunch of them. I gave them out to a bunch of friends. I don't have one for myself. And I'm looking back on eBay. It's like 
two hundred, three hundred dollars. Like somebody give me my, give me one back. <laughs> you know? But um, but anyway, I from there, you know, I got involved. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, I guess Dario needed money, so he, or maybe it was like with the, um, I can't remember how it was, but the 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 Italians sold the rights like a long-term licensing deal they did with a japanese company here and i went to see they did they you know dawn of the dead 35 millimeter prints back in the theater 1994 i'm like holy crap this is great i love this country you know i haven't seen it in the theater dawn since like 85 84 something like that when it went on to vhs in 83 it was like i first saw dawn in 1980 in february on the first re-release and then, man, 50 something times until it was taken off. You know, so I was really happy, but they were showing, you know, the, the so-called director's version and they had a thing inside saying like, you know, everybody in Japan loves the Argento version, the Argento versions, you know, the deal. And I took great offense at this, sorry, Paolo, because I'm a big fan of the American theatrical release. So I wrote the company and I said, you know, you guys, what you wrote in your program book for the thing is completely wrong. This is an insult to George Romero. They wrote me back and said, you know, we, we love, we love this. We love what you're telling us. We're going to release these on Laserdisc. Can you write something for us? So that's really like a very big turning point in my, in, in my life, I would have to say, you know, I mean, I know, I'm, I know a lot of guys who work on George's films, you know, Tom Savini said this to me personally, he goes, you know, it, I am where I am because of George and in my own kind of fanish type of way, it's the same thing for, for me as well. I mean, I, I got this gig writing for maybe some of, you know, it. I have it right here. Um, the, the perfect collection, which was the world's first, um, gathering of all three versions together. And then there was the cool thing in the inside. And then I did, my this is the first time anybody did a thing with the you know my my idea was to promote the Mon monroeville mall as a character so this was a, a map i picked that up and i i you know these are photos i took of the mall back in 83 and from this doing this job i got myself involved with um going to the biohazard 2 um tv commercial that george did for capcom they wanted to have a, a Romero expert on hand. Great. They flew me out. It was like, holy crap. You know, they flew me to Hollywood. I had my own suite with a fireplace in it. You know, like George is down the hallway, you know, and we're like, we're, and it was like, how in the world did this happen? You know, I mean, I had met George already. I went to the Day of the Dead um, staff and cast screening in 85. So that was my first time. I just have to say this is my little one of my life brag points, but it was like you know the 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 like the, I think it was the first screening. You know the, the cast was there, the staff was there, and I just got in. I got involved because I had done some rental stuff for John Harrison's soundtrack when they were mixing the soundtrack in New York at the same time. So what I did in the theater was I was like, screw it. Me and my brother are there. I'm like, man, let's just do it. And we sat ourselves right in front of George and Christine. Like, I'm, if this guy's gonna judge this movie, he's gonna judge this movie based on my, the back of my head reaction. 
you know, and, and it was great. It was you know, fantastic. So yeah, anyway, so then doing the biohazard thing, you know, George was, you know, and, and it was, you know, you always have images of people and you don't know the people. And I have to say, most of the time when I finally meet the people that I've always admired, I'm always disappointed. And I was not disappointed with, you know, who George was, how he talked to me. You know, I mean, there was no different. It wasn't like, who are you? What's your status? It wasn't like that. I mean, it's just like we were all, you know, I mean, we're, we're all people, you know, and, and he listened George, to. Norman, George was yeah. one of those people that even if you didn't see him for like 10 years, after five minutes, you feel like you never left him. You know, it was that he, he, he put you in a state of comfort that is really uncommon. Uh, mostly if you think that, you know, you're approaching your idol or whatever. George was just uh, the sweetest person. in. Yeah, in the no, I, I, I was like, I mean, we were like, he's shooting zombie scenes. I, it was the first film set I've ever been on. I've been on hundreds since, but it was my first film set. And George would be like, okay, cut turn to me and say, Norman, what did you think? I'm like, wow. Well, you know, <laughs> like, what? And then it was just the, you know, the sweetest, most relaxing, enjoyable, you know, you know, week of my life. I mean, it was so fantastic. And from there I became, I became involved with Fangoria because I took photos on the set and one of my photos became the cover of Fangoria. So this is one of the Mad George zombies that he did. So I wasn't a professional photographer or professional writer, really. But I, you know, Fangoria was interested in having me cover the the then budding Jay horror scene. So I mean, I wound up writing for Fangoria. I mean, if you took all my articles and put them together, I guess I wrote like seven or eight full issues of the magazine. Um, and since then, now I, I do a lot of other writing and I got involved in cinema, you know, so today I do, I do occasionally do set stills and I do subtitles. I just subtitled, uh, uh, Mike's new Yokai Daisenso, a uh, great Yokai war, which hasn't been announced yet. I probably shouldn't say it, but I just sent subtitles in today. It was one of the most difficult jobs. It's a wonderful movie. I'm so happy to work on a good movie again, but, um, no, I mean, and like I said, it was really from that, my love of George and my my reading this thing in a program book for Dawn of the Dead that said that they prefer the Argento cut and me going, I'm not going to stand for that. It was that letter that I sent out and they loved what they loved my point of view. That's what started my whole career. I mean, I would I. You know, I've been working in the film business for 20 years here because of this. And I, I mean, I wish George was still here. I would like to thank him, you know, and I, and that's one of the reasons like being involved with Garth for me is almost in a way, my kind of way to, you know, pay back, make sure that George is um, remembered properly in Japan, you know, and that like wild stories. Cause there is, like I said, there is a, a big language barrier, you know, so I've worked on, a, you know, a lot of, I'll show you, I, here's a book I did the little thing called um, zombie maniacs i did that and i mean i saw like stuff like this and i did this one which was that says george a you can just read the a i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we have the a on it so and see little martin like uh, uh vampire razor blade there and then my newest one 
and some of you guys helped me with this is my um uh saga of the dead which is this one i was given like full reign to do whatever the hell i wanted to do so it's it's kind of uh yeah it, it this is so far my big masterpiece of uh honoring george's um living dead films you know but beyond that you know like paolo was saying about night riders night riders has been released in japan here and Unfortunately, like in Italy, Knight Riders was only shown on TV. Um, so all they had was like an overdub version. This was the first time it ever got like a decent release. And it was because the, the person who runs this company called Stingray, they're a big DVD Blu-ray releasing company here. The, the boss at the company, his absolute favorite movie in the world is Knight Riders. So I don't think he made any money on this release, but he did this release because he wanted to make sure that this was available in Japan. It's now out of print. It goes for like 200 bucks used. Wow. I got this one for free. I, I like a because it was like 50 bucks to buy this. And I was like, I, and we were at an event together and he had a couple that he was selling. I was like, you can give me a sample copy. So he, he, he sent me a <laughs> And they're also, they released Martin, the Blu-ray of Martin, which is yeah. still the only Blu-ray, you know, in Japan of Martin. So I did not work on this, but I've got other ones. I worked on this. This is a recent Dawn of the Dead one and Day of the Dead. Isn't that kind of nice? Wow. Oh, yeah, that's you know, beautiful. Put that close, did, put the lenticular oh, close. Yeah. I did the, uh, <laughs> check this out. This one it has this little. Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> from the collection of Larry. Um, and we also did this on this. We translated the original script into Japanese so people could see what George had intended. And then I put together this, uh, the, the booklet for it inside. I designed this and uh, did all the writing in Japanese. And this is uh, Day of the Dead I worked on. You see that up there? That's the poster. And this is actually the bust that was used for doing the cover of this. And that's my hand saluting when we did the photo shoot. <laughs> that's cool. And I also worked on this Blu-ray set, this one I did like eight years ago. So we're trying to license the 4K version. So that's gonna be maybe my swan song to, uh, 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 um, you know, releases, uh, not streaming stuff, because you know, everything's going streaming. Um, Dawn of the Dead is Dawn of the Dead was recent, recently shown on NHK, which is like the BBC or the PBS of Japan. You know, so it's really you know wow. there, there's really been a, like a lot of zombie stuff going on here. There was a big zombie uh, TV show that was just on. It was it was terrible, but it was like <laughs> popular actors and stuff. So no, I mean there's a a lot of you know a lot of zombie stuff, and I'm making sure you know on Twitter that people know that you know, this is George's thing. And a lot of people know, you know, a lot of people keep it going. I, just one other thing is I, I also write for this magazine. It's called Ega Hiho. I don't, this is our new cover. It just came today. I'm not happy with it, but this is our, <laughs> um, but I do a, I do a monthly, I have a page. I do a monthly column and I've written about George a couple times. And uh, when we had Galen Ross and Ken Free out here, uh, a year ago, just before the pandemic, we did big feature articles, interviews with them and stuff. And um, those shows, you know, that they attended were sold out, 
you know i mean it was really even this this was like this is a version the japanese have their only they have one of their only you know there's like three versions of dawn of the dead and the, the japanese have a subversion that comes from the argento version and they kind of censored it like when in the the apartment one um scene in the beginning when the the woman bites i guess whoever miguel is she bites the neck it just freezes there as the audio goes underneath and it's a very weird thing they would tint things blue when there was a lot of blood or violence and they that print those original prints have all been lost but they recreated it for the 40th anniversary here and they can't legally sell this version so they did it as a kickstarter you know, people who contributed got a version of this. This is now going for over a thousand dollars on the Japanese like version of eBay. And I'm like kicking myself. I should have told the company, give me two copies. I only got one copy of <laughs> <laughs> So you'll never get this from wow. me. But anyway, I mean that's kind of like and you know, I mean, just like Paolo said, I mean, unfortunately, George, you know, never visited Japan. There were so many times when he was just about to come, and then we had some natural disaster here, you know. And uh, I he, believe there's an interview on that Laserdisc box set where he talks about, hopefully, I can make it next year to yeah, Japan. I guess no, it never I, happened. I was yeah. up. I was a guest at Ubody Film Festival, and I hosted uh, Dawn of the Dead. They did a new master, and they did. Uh, and they did a screening. George was supposed to be there for that. And he did an introduction. So we got a video introduction. It was like 2010, I guess. You know, so that was like another thing. And then even with a biohazard, you know, because biohazard is, or I'm sorry, Resident Evil is what, you know, you guys in the West know it is. Resident Evil is run by Capcom. And they, you know, had hired George to write the script for the films. And George was, and this, you want to hear, this is the biggest awful story. I was getting, one day I get this email from a guy and it says like, I think this is for you. And I had this email address, instead of my name being Norman, I had spelt it Noman, N-O-M-A-N. And George was sending me emails to the wrong address. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> You know, like, I'm planning to come to Japan. I'm planning to come to Japan. You know, we got to get together and stuff. And then I wrote back. And when I got an answer from Jason, his, his old assistant then, he was like, oh, the whole deal fell through. You know, so we're not coming out. We're not coming out. Like, okay, well, at least whoever that guy was, he, you know, we had, like, the same email address, except he had Norman with the R in it. You know, at least he was, like, kind of like, he wrote, I think these are kind of important. I still have that email, you know, like, <laughs> but it, it was still, it was, you know, I mean, it's like what Paolo was saying. I mean, it was like, it was just George not forgetting, you know, like, you know, Norman's, you know, really just a fan guy, especially at that point in my career, you know, but he still, you know, remembered me. We got along great on the set, you know, and, and a lot of times it was fun for me because there were all these Japanese people there. None of them spoke English. It was just like me, George, and Jason. I mean, so it's just like, there we go. You know, we're just, and the Japanese are all like, we love George Romero. <laughs> and even when shooting, like one of the big guys at Capcom, who's like a famous video game um, designer, he was like, oh my God, I can't believe he's right there. You know, and uh, just to say, I mean, that's, 
you know, the completely different culture from the U.S., you know, the other side of the world. I mean, a completely different language, but they respond to his stuff, you know, and not just the living dead stuff either. You know, Martin is well regarded. I mean, all of his movies have been um, Season of the Witch has been re released here. The Crazies has been released. Uh, There's Always Vanilla has not been released. Um, I don't expect it ever will. You know, and then all his other, you know, uh, all his other films after, um, you know, uh, Day of the Dead. You know, those are all, you know, readily available here. You know, all the, all his Living Dead films, Land of the Dead, Document of the Dead, um, mm -hmm. Survival of the Dead, those all played theaters here. I went to see all of them, you know. So, yeah, he's he's like... And like Paolo said, he's kind of like him and Carpenter. Like, who do the Japanese love the most? It's like those two guys, you know. I'll pick Romero, of course. But anyway, so that's, that's my little spiel on uh, being, you know, the Garf guy in in Japan. So, Norman, yeah. how how do do they like Creep Show in Japan? Because in, oh, I in, love Creep Show. Yeah, in Italy, in Italy, after Dawn of the Dead is the most beloved movie. Is Creep Show? Everybody has a huge. There's a huge cult on Creepshow. Even myself is one of the first horror movie I ever seen. I was nine year old, in up in the mountain alone in the in the TV room, uh, 10 p.m. in the in the afternoon, and I've seen Creepshow. I can never forget that experience. But a lot of and a lot of people my age saw Creepshow on TV that same night. In the, nice. you know, and uh, you know uh, there was a huge a huge cult on Creepshow. So uh, how about that in Japan? No, creep shows big here, but there's only there's something we have a very sad situation when it comes to creep shows. So there's some sort of rights issue with creep show. So it's only been creep show two. Like when you go out trying to like I've been trying to find I had been I had been trying to find like a, a the creep show DVDs out of print. It's going for hundreds of dollars to find a used copy of the thing. You know, and Creepshow 2 is everywhere. Blu-ray, DVD, Creepshow 2. Yeah. Um, I'm not knocking okay. Creepshow yeah. 2, but Creepshow is, you know, is where it's at. So finally, they announced Blu-ray coming out, Blu-ray Creepshow, Blu-ray coming out. It comes out. The thing is 1080i. You know, they all they did was they took the DVD master and they they did a upscale on the thing. You know, it was like, and they charged fifty bucks for this. Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's still I don't I don't know what's going on. I mean, but when it came out, people were like rejoicing, rejoicing. Creep shows on Blu-ray, and I'm like, <laughs> it is not Blu-ray. It's 1080. Like Changeling, Japan, I think, is the only country that has Changeling on Blu-ray, and I borrowed it from a friend to, to watch it, 1080i, and, and Miyako were watching it. They're showing trees, like the trees are moving, and it looks like you're like on LSD or something. <laughs> you know, she's like, oh, is that the filmmaker, something the filmmaker was trying to do? No. I'm like, I had to explain to her what the difference between the I and the P was, you mm -hmm. know, but you know but anyway i mean that's our sorry state with um and i begged i have to say i begged stingray to release the blu-ray of this and mm -hmm. the guy's just like you know it's, it's just not selling but i mean i would love to do uh if we ever get back into the theaters again you know to do a screening of this 
you know, because Dawn of the Dead plays all the time here. I mean, I would say like Dawn is in the theater three times a year in Tokyo, you know, and a lot of these, a lot of the Italians, even, you know, yeah, a lot of the um, Dario's films play in theaters all the time. The old films, they have revivals all the time. So, yeah, this place is like really booming for, you know, there's enough of a fan base to really, you know, keep it going. That's why, you know, Goblin guys come here. They, they, mm -hmm they yeah. smell out like right away you know so yeah no i mean i can't believe it i just have to because i talk a lot but i just have to say i mean when the difference for me and you guys is like i'm kind of like an older fan in this and like yeah creep show I, I went opening day second day third day next weekend i was there you know friday saturday night seeing creep show and uh you know night riders i mean all of those things but we didn't get any respect back then you know that was like there were really the fan base was very small and uh you know it's really grown and and i'm always happy to see when there's like um you know younger people who weren't there at the time that still respond you know to to george's stuff especially like the his his work in the 70s or even like uh you know amusement park that that'll that's supposedly coming out here at some point you know the pandemic's really screwed everything up sue but, says the the amusement park will be released in japan so she's oh watching. excellent no i'm saying I, mean, I don't know the details and i don't know what i can say or what i can't say but i know that yes it will be released in japan and that you know uh, i'm going to do whatever i can to you know promote it and I'm, I'm hopefully uh, i really want to get the the subtitle job for that because I think that the, the film, the, the message of the film is, um, it's a very delicate ish, um, a delicate subject. And it's a subject that I think the Japanese, you know, ageism is a, is a, is a big problem. You know, this is the country where like in 20 years, everyone's going to be like the average person is like over 50 years old, you know? So I, I think the film is really going to, um, strike a chord you know with with film fans here it's gonna so, resonate here too we've got a similar situation here i think with an aging an aging population and the pandemic's really seen i see the good positive impact on how they're treated but i think it took something like that to make it happen because it wasn't that great before uh, and something like that would probably resonate quite well i think given what's going on at the moment it's going to be exciting to see it uh Go, go, can I mention? But I was just thinking, Norman, you just you you were making me think there about similarities between the UK and Japan with the fan base, uh, and uh, we don't get the screenings like you've talked about in kind of Tokyo. I don't see certainly in perhaps London uh, Romero films being screened at all, really. Certainly not with any regular uh, impetus, which would be great to see. Uh, so that's that's something that we need to try to look at here, and it's unfortunate because what tends to happen uh, is that if you do try to have a conversation around uh, Romero's work and even just, you know, the, if, if you had to rank some above others in terms of how they may have been heard of by, you know, the kind of masses or the general public, you, you know, you put the night or day trilogy, you know, perhaps at the near to the top of that list. And, uh, and you know, you might be talking to somebody about, you know, Dawn, uh, the first thing they'll do is they'll think you've said Sean of the dead. They think, oh, no, no, you took, you know, they think, oh, you've, you've mispronounced Sean, which of course you haven't. You're trying to explain to them that there was something before that and it's much better, well, much better in, in certainly uh, a lot of aspects. And uh, 
we do struggle a bit. So uh, one of the things we're trying to do here in the UK is uh, is spread that word, and, and it's getting easier, you know, with our with our presence on social media, and hopefully, you know, uh, starting to get out and about towards the back end of of this year. Uh, we've got a couple of events we're looking at uh, getting involved in. Uh, one towards the back end of this year, and one at quarter one, twenty twenty two. So hopefully, we'll be spreading the word a bit more. Uh, but I'm pleased to see there's some cinema screenings in uh, in uh, kind of Tokyo. We do get Japanese fans come to the UK. Norman will know Yuko uh, and that little clan. They've they've been able to come to the UK, which is great to see them here. And they don't have the best English, but they get here and they engage with the fandom and they engage with the uh, with the guests that that we get, and everyone gets on great. You know, which is always one good thing to see. Uh, so there's so there is that global kind of presence there we just need to yeah I, I mean i i think a lot of other japanese would like to go but a lot of them they're very i don't want to say shy but they're they're inhibited because of their language ability yeah you know, that's a big that's a big difference you know as a new yorker you know we have a lot of you know non-american people non-native people there so we're very like acclimated to say people whose English isn't perfect or whatever, you know, and the Japanese, because there's very, I think it's like 1% of the population here is not Japanese, you know, one or 2%. And then that's mostly uh, other Asian countries. So they're very, they're very used to always speaking to people that speak exactly perfect Japanese. And they really have there a lot of difficulty you know, listening to foreigners or listening to people butcher their language like me, you know? So, and then that makes them, it, it, the reverse of it is also true. When they go out, suddenly they're like, you know, uh, in a completely, you know, alien environment for them. I don't want to say it's like everyone is like that because of course, you know, like Yuko, you know, I think Yuko's English is pretty good for Japanese people. And she, she's, very outgoing person but a lot of the fans you know are here a lot of the people are just a little too yeah uh, in inhibited to want to go out and make that big plunge there i wish more would you know so uh, that me, was all, all the all the japanese director that i interview uh they always even if they they knew uh the new english uh maybe even well they would prefer the translation um, even even uh, Takeshi Miike, he, he he wouldn't talk English with me. He would just use the Japanese translator. And Shimizu the same. Uh, I think Kurosawa, Kiyoshi Kurosawa, did the same in Venice. So it's pretty weird because because right after the interview, and then I'm talking about Takeshi Miike, we kind of spoke when I went there uh, asking for signature, my poster and everything. And he was talking pretty well in English. Oh, really? But, okay. Just, <laughs> I've, I've worked on, uh, I've worked on movies with him and I've done English dialogue coaching on his things and he's never once spoken to me in English on the set. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> Well, I mean, but, but I speak Japanese, so I guess that's, you know, but anyway, yeah, you're exactly right. You know, like, I don't know. It's just a thing, you know. So well, let, let me ask you then, Paolo, how about in Italy? You know, I mean, like when uh, when Goblin comes here and, uh, you know, Claudio's English, I mean, he comes to the Suspiria bar, we hang out. I mean, he's very good. I mean, he's not perfect. Excuse me. 
he sent me the pictures a lot of times of that bar. I want to know. Well, you've seen pictures of me and Miyako and um, no, and I mean, he's very outgoing and, you know, he's like, he just wants to communicate, you know, I think that's a big thing, you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that I'm always, yeah, I know I have a couple of Italian friends here and their English is all, you know, I wish my Japanese friends spoke as, as good English, you know, would be, you know, well, a relief for me. In general, there is not such a huge knowledge of uh, English language in Italy. And that's why, for example, you just can't uh, have like, you know, original movies in the, into the theaters because people wouldn't, wouldn't want to read the subtitles. They just don't want to do that. You know, and uh, you know, in in countries like in North Europe, like you know Norway or Denmark, English is the second language, so they just can't go original version. It's basically, uh, mm -hmm. you know, thank God, thank God we have the best dub, dubbing school of, of the world, if it's one of the best at least, because having you know watching the movies in the original languages in here is culturally forbidden, basically. And and actually yesterday, I want to see a movie that does, um, that movie is called Lune Porn, you know, Forbidden Sex, Lune Porn. He won the uh, Berlin Film Festival. But anyway, before that, there was the trailer, you know, the, you know, the trailer for the, the uh, Von Karwai full opera coming back, restored in 4K to the cinema. And I've just seen that. And uh, this week, every night, you know, I've been watching the Wong Kar Wai movie from the Blu-ray, the Criterion box set. Mm -hmm. And looking at that yesterday, the trailer, listening to Tony Leung speaking in Italian, I said, no fucking way. You know, it's just it's just a, a way, uh, it's just a behavior. It's just a cultural uh, behavior uh, that we don't have in here. And that's, that's a shame. Also connected to the fact that you say that in, in Japan, in Tokyo, and I know that even in LA, for example, um, this old classic goes to the theater all the time. It's, it's a dream come true. But in here, maybe in just a few cities and in, some, in, in particular, like Cineclub or something like that, or inside some little festival, but otherwise, there's no such thing going on, unfortunately. And I think that right now they should they should do that all over the world. Right now, for for the changement that, that this pandemic thing pandemic thing uh, made it happen in terms of business, okay? People that still are fighting owning a movie theater, they should understand that the only way to survive, I guess, is to organize a different experience. Some something, some such an, an event, you know. And I hope it's, it's, it's coming to Italy as well because this is the only way. I think. I was going to so, ask you guys. Uh, it was sort of based on your creep show question, uh, Paolo, and it's for, for both Norman and Paolo. Uh, with George's catalog and the zombie films, and I mean and some others. How are how are the non uh, sort of zombie, even maybe sort of non. Uh, horror as in like sort of the gore horror like bruiser and the dark half welcomed over there okay so you're basically asking you know because i've lost you for a second the not the not zombie project how well are known in italy basically that's the yeah, like bruiser and uh the dark, dark half. half dark half yeah 
Well, yeah, you know, they are not that big, to be honest. Actually, I don't, I don't recall, you know, like a Bruiser had a very quick and almost forgettable release, to be honest. And um, and uh, okay, and the Dark Elf is one of the one of the best movie the Italian fans used to talk about it, you know. Uh, and also knowing the pain that George went through the ending and everything you know it's it's really not one of my favorite as well because, but, but because i knew about that you know and in and, and you know i feel pain for george in that even it's like even the same thing for monkey shine you know and and but no again uh you know as long as the i mean like the the, the fan base he really loves um creep show a lot and uh and and in and of course the that saga the that saga i think that um other than the Dawn of the Dead, the best, the, the most beloved Italian title of the Dead Saga is, is um, Day of the Dead. That basically is my best, is my best, uh, my most favorite movie uh, in the saga, and George also, as, as far as he told, he told me all the time. So yeah, and uh, yeah, and, um, and also Dorman, we love Creepshow 2 in here as well, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, I, I mean, well, I, I have to say this is embarrassing. I went to Creepshow 2 on opening day in, on Times Square, and I was really nervous because, you know, M Mike Gornick directed it, and I was like, maybe Michael has been, like, the secret behind George's success. It, it, it didn't, let me say, it did, I, you know, I like the movie. I've seen it, like, you know, a dozen times, but, you know, George is the man. That's, that's Of course. That's, Oh. <laughs> um, the, and, and to answer that question, I mean, yeah, like this is a, a Japanese Blu-ray for Dark Half. I don't have Monkey Shines. Uh, yeah, I'll just show that. This is Dark Half, you know, mm -hmm. Japanese version. I don't have Monkey Shines. I have Bruiser somewhere that has been released. I don't think it's on Blu-ray. It's on DVD. I saw that in the theater here. I mean, they were all released in the theater. You know, they all played. They all played theaters here. Um, yeah, of course, I would have to say it's George's, you know, in Japan, the number one George movie would be uh, Dawn of the Dead or Zombie. You know, that would be, that was the one, when that came out here, actually came out in Japan before the U.S., I think two months earlier. I mean, that was like no one had ever seen, I mean, everybody was like that. No one had ever seen any anything like that. I mean, even like... Uh, you're talking like uh, the grudge director, uh, um, Shimizu. Shimizu. I mean, Shimizu, that's like his favorite movie. He, he, when I did my Dawn event recently, he was, he was like, Norman, can I just be a guest? I want to get in for free. Can I just be a guest? He's getting Ken's autograph. He's getting Galen's autograph. You know, like he's, I have my whole collection laid out. He's taking photos like of, of everything, you know, and he's like, the, you know, one of the biggest, you know, directors. I've been, uh, I've worked on zombie movies here and they all, there's always an homage somewhere, you know, to George's work. One of the directors I did, uh, not a very good movie, was released in the U.S. called Hell Driver. And the director was like, George set the president, the precedent that there has to be a political message in the film somewhere. So he, whenever he does a zombie film, Anishimura, who did uh, Tokyo Gore Police, uh, that's like his probably most famous. He always makes sure because of George's, uh, I don't want to say vision, because of his, you know, criticism of the social structure, whatever that's always in all of George's films, you know, yeah. even 
you know, all of them have something that he's trying to tell us about his observation. You know, other directors have said that George is the guy that showed them how to do that. Not necessarily, you know, how to do zombies. He showed them how to put their own observations of their own, you know, culture, the things that they want to get across into their films. And I, I'd say that that's one of, you know, George's biggest contributions to, you know, Japanese cinema. Uh, Kurosawa, Kiyoshi Kurosawa was another one. I mean, he's a little more Toby Hooper. He's always been like, he was a big, um, uh, he, he always championed, you know, Toby Hooper's work when other people didn't see see the value in it. But even like that, he's written extensively because he before he was a director, he was a reviewer. So he's written extensively about the importance of Night of the Living Dead. You know, I have to say this about Night of the Living Dead in Japan was when Dawn came out, nobody had seen Night. It had never been released in Japan. So Dawn came out. Some people had heard about it. And one of my editors at my magazine, he, he's just about my age. They actually got a, a, a rental copy sent from the U.S. to Japan so they could see what this movie was, you know, a print sent to Japan so they could see what this movie was that, you know, the Westerners were writing about, but had never been released until after, you know, Dawn hit big, then they brought Night in. So the Japanese order of it's like Dawn, Night, then Day. And Day is a huge hit it, here too. It's a bit similar here because I think whenever we run a poll, you know, regarding the most popular of George's movies, it's always Dawn by a long way. Uh, and, and I'm a bit like you, Paolo, I have a place for days, how I discovered George's work. You know, I was about nine, it was the mid eighties and day was out and it was like, what the hell is this all about? And that led me to discover, you know, dawn and then night and, you know, and then, and then get caught up because, you know, with land coming out in 2005, I was, I was pretty much caught up, but I think a lot of people are the same here. They, you know, they discovered night through dawn or even maybe through day if they're a bit younger you know then they discover dawn and night but that's great i think it's great when when you know people you know see a piece of work and then they want to go further and explore the back catalog and and that's why we always try to you know impress upon everyone who who, who we might meet or you know might get talking about you know that there's earlier films there's different films and that you know they need to go and explore and you know people do i mean we've got some really young fans we engage with we've got a guy who uh, attends our convention here in the uk he's only 22 huge night fan loves night fan and when he got to meet judith he was he was you know he, he couldn't believe he was he's like i'm in the same room as judith o'day this is how is this even happening how is this even possible and i'm like well this is you know this is what we do so we you know we're so glad to be able to give you that experience uh so it's growing all the time you know it's 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 growing and, and we want to we want to make it get bigger so that's that's what we've got some plans for you know in the months and years to come fingers crossed absolutely let's um, all hope we can do you know these things again you know which just missing so much convention and having fun and meeting guests and i really would like to doing tomorrow but norman i was thinking about the suspiria thing like Suspiria came out in Japan before Deep Red, and Deep Red got titled Suspiria. Uh-oh. has no. gone. What Where's he's Paolo? talking about, is, uh, Deep Red was what they released it as Suspiria 2 in Japan. I mean, it's completely baffling. 
He's back. Yeah, what, you're back, pal. We lost you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wait, say that again. What? Suspiria. The Suspiria yeah. question. The, my, my question was that, yeah, uh, as the same as Dawn of the Dead, Suspiria came, was released in Japan before Deep Red, and then, and then right after Deep Red, it was prior to Suspiria, and the, it got titled Suspiria 2 in Japan. Yeah, so yeah. that so was what, what I meant. Yes, it's very confusing. It's the same thing, like Dawn of the Dead here is zombie, and then Lucio Fulci's zombie is called Sangeria here. So it's like, if I say, oh yeah, I love zombie, they think I'm talking about Romero's, no, I mean, uh, I mean, Fulci's, wait, Sangeria, and Sangeria is not even a real word, it's like a made-up word, it sounds like sangria to me, you know, I'm more, like, <laughs> I didn't know about that, it's, it's such a weird thing. Well, it's, it's marketing, I mean, th that was like, yeah, when Dawn of the Dead came out here, because Suspiria was such a big hit, and no one knew George, so they promoted Dawn of the Dead is being directed by Dario Argento, mm -hmm. you know, which is one of the things that I've been on a mission to correct. Uh, you know, Argento is God. I don't, you know, but this is George's movie, you know. Oh. So even like what was like eight years ago at a, an art theater, they were showing Dawn of the Dead, and and I'm like, they're like directed by Dario Argento with George Romero, and I'm like, whoa, and my. <laughs> Uh, one of a sound man that I work with contacted me, Norman. You go, I know you're going to go ballistic over this. You know? <laughs> so I contacted, I took this out. I contacted him and said, You guys change your whole thing because this is wrong. You know, they, they changed it and, like, you know, can you come in and talk about the movie? So I went into the, this theater. It was fully packed, like, I don't know, 150 people, 200 people. I talked longer than Dawn of the Dead. Oh, we can. <laughs> You have, you have a recording of this somewhere? Nobody, nobody left, and I, I was very upset because, like, they were writing on Twitter, like Norman was more interesting than Dawn of the Dead, and I was like, that is an insult, you know. That I will, I'll, I'll take it, but it's you're wrong, you know. But um, no, I mean, and so it's like I felt like I've had to try to correct things like that, you know what I mean? Keep keep it like an eye on things, so. That's been a thing I've been doing here for for over 20 years, 25 years since I did the, you know, the this thing, you know, telling them that they were wrong to say Argento's version was the best version of the film, you know, and it's and of course those things are a matter of opinion. Yeah. That's a real ambassador work for real. There you yeah. go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yes. I I can empathize with that. Back uh, and Paolo, I wish you know we'd been in touch a bit more back towards the. Uh, you know, round about sort of the autumn of last year, because we run a poll here in the UK for the fans to vote for their top 60 uh, zombie movies. I don't know quite why it was 60, but, but we did. And of course, we had more than 60 entries come in. It was about 150 entries, some with only like a single vote. Uh, but when we started to get into the detail of it and work out, you know, who, what film is going to be, you know, above what and how many votes it had got and, and everything else. And we really... and. It was for me a good experience because I learned a lot. It was we got into a world where a film can have the wrong director or three titles or been released in the country as a particular name that shares it with another film. We had about eight entries with Living Dead in the 
City of the Living Dead or The Children of the Living Dead or Night of the Living Dead. When work out that City of the Living Dead was released as somebody voted for children. And this and oh, <laughs> real, real minefield, and it's great. We've got the likes of Norman and Paolo. And it's saying that you know Julian can't make it because he's do, he's he's doing a similar thing in France. It's great that we've got passionate guys like this, you know, getting out there and saying, look, no, that is wrong. It's this. And then being able to spread that message is, is really I good. You, I tell you one story about that. I mean, like, it's, it's, uh, in Italy, the, the movie um, was advertised, I mean, the poster of Night of the Living Dead as as the, is being directed by George Kramer with a K. <laughs> directed by George Kramer. I shouldn't and laugh. But... I, tell you, I tell you why. I tell you why. Because at that time in Italy, we had uh, in the in the theater you could see anything, so and lots of of Mexican horror. So the distributor were probably scared that the people would think that George Romero was a uh, you know Latin name for some Mexican, Mexican <laughs> horror. So they changed to George Kramer. And George, uh, you know, when we were together in Florida, one of the, those nights we spent watching movies and stuff. Um, I made a little interview to him, uh, in in which he um, in in which he, he, he um, what do you say he says for the first time in the world that George Kramer is exactly George Romero, and he signed my post as George Kramer as the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny because that is I would buy that. That that I would buy that. <laughs> not telling. But the thing is, the thing is. Uh, he, he wasn't even in love with the Italian poster that you see a hand coming out of the ground. Yeah. Of the right. ground. And George, you always said, I don't even have the, the budget to do that. What they are talking about is not even what the, is, the movie is about. What's so funny about that? <laughs> and, I, and I gave him a locandina with the hand to put in his house. And I think he did it. Well, speaking of hands, check this out. Does Definitely. anybody know what this is? No. No. Okay. Well, I, I hope Tom. I hope Tom Savini is not watching, and I doubt that he is. But one of the things that I noticed when I was watching Dawn of the Dead was that you know when when Peter gets the hand, the hand is ca caught in the thing, and then they they slam the thing. Oh, he does the the fire thing on this, and it pulls pulls off or down oh. in the basement. This yeah. is this is a hand that they would that I used to buy as a kid, like a novelty thing in the toy store, like this. And when I was doing research for my book, you know, I was trying when I was trying to find like like little tidbit things in the background. I looked on eBay, and some guy was selling this for thirty bucks. Wow! And wow! It, and, <laughs> and it was like I haven't seen one of these since I was a kid in the seventies, but. When you line it up and you look at the photos, like down in the basement, and they're like eating things, it's like Tom bought these at like novelty shops to throw around. As, That's as awesome. Thing. Yeah, and you can tell when the hand is pulling back that it's a little wobbly on the fingers, like mm -hmm. this. But I, I imagine there's like these were made in China, you know. So this is like some Chinese guy's hand, you know. It's like all through Dawn of the Dead. But anyway, I got one. It's like part of my my Dawn collection now. 
That's I think great. it's great. you could walk into a store in the seventies and buy a false hand. There was no. I would growing up, I could never do that. There was no I way I could. Those those as a kid, you know, you do things like you you put it on your hand and walk that, you yeah. know, walk into the mall, <laughs> and then it would drop off. You know, I, I was like, that was what I was doing, shit like that when I was a kid, <laughs> and I hadn't even seen. Oh, actually, what I did, I have to say this: that in the seventies. You know, after I saw Night of Living Dead, my uncle, who was a Super 8 collector, got me a, a Super 8 uh, five reels, Night of Living Dead. I had the whole film of Night of Living Dead. And I was like going, I was going, taking it to school. You know, I was showing it like all over the place. Like, you know, like, I don't know, like, you know, people who go door to door to, to, to promote their religion. You know, I was making like everybody <laughs> in the neighborhood watch night of living dead you know i, I had i hang my screen outside you know off of we had an apple tree with a big branch i'd hang the, the screen down project project it and you know back then there was no vhs or anything you know and people were just like fascinated to be you can watch a movie at home and it's not on your little you know 19 inch tv you know so i was showing that thing to my everyone you know and and the funny thing was like uh uh Russ's tie in the beginning because it's super eight, you know, and the quality's not so good. We'd blow it up. It looked like a polka. He had a polka dot tie, and I was always like, "That is so awesome!" A polka dot tie. When I finally got to see the film in a higher resolution, I'm like, "Well, that's not polka dots, but that's you know, that's kind of you know what is." Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, I must have seen that thing over a hundred times. That. Um, I don't know how my uncle got it. it. Must have been, of course, an illegal copy, whatever. But I mean, I was pretty popular at school for like having that. So, a little '70s story there. I'm sure nobody can relate. So forget. Yeah. It. <laughs> no, but but anyway, no. I mean, it's yeah. So you can see. I mean, like all of us. I mean, I mean, George's work has been with me, you know, and and I'm really glad. That I got to grow up, you know, and be a part of it, especially like the prime years, you know, really for me, and I, you know, maybe I didn't see Martin the theater, but really Dawn, those years between um, when Dawn came out and Day came out, you know, we had a creep show. I mean, you know, Night Riders, Night Riders, you know, I won opening night. I was so excited, you know, see Night Riders and, and you know, what is this movie going to be, you know, and, and I realized, and I've, I know I've said this before, but I realized seeing Night Riders that, yes, I love zombies. I love George's take on that. But Night Riders is the film that made me realize, you know, that I love George's filmmaking style. I love the way, you know, I love Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead are very um, tonally. They're very similar if you look at them. I mean, they really feel like they're, you know, they were just shot back to back. I mean, they, they feel like that, you know, you can feel, you know, it's the same cinematic feeling on, on both of them. I think Knight Riders is maybe a little more polished, you know, because Dawn of the Dead had such a hectic shooting schedule, you know, and, and it was such a big, big film. But I mean, yeah, even going to, you know, the crazies, I mean, crazies I saw on TV, I, I couldn't see that. But when I saw the crazies the first time, I'm like, oh, my God, I love this guy. You know, he's the only, like, American filmmaker doing this type of stuff I identify with. I mean, you know, that's yes. the thing. You know, Night of Living Dead, the Night of Living Dead was like when I was in the 60s, sci-fi was really big. And, and all the horror movies were all British things. They were all 
castles. They were all that type of stuff, you know. And George was the guy who was like, oh my God, this is not, now I, this isn't like do, another Dr. Frankenstein movie, you know what I mean? This is like, this is stuff I really, I recognize these people, you know, and that was the same thing with uh, Dawn of the Dead was, oh my God, I mean, I know, I don't know these people in particular, but they were all people that I knew the types of people that were in them, you know, and it, it really, you know, it really touched me deeply. And it wasn't just because the zombies and, you know, Tom's work is incredible in the film and it was very shocking and exciting and thrilling. And I get very angry when people today insult Tom's work on that film because they don't know what the hell they're talking about because that opened the door for, you know, new techniques and, you know, easier ways to pull these things off. But I mean, Tom, it's a genius piece of work that he, he put out. It's, it's incredibly impressive, you know? That's my dream is to get in a time machine and just like be in the mall, you know, back in 77. Me and Matt, right? That's right. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm so <laughs> if you haven't been able to grow up and have all those films get released at a time when you can access them because being a little bit younger, I'm not going to say I'm loads younger, but a little bit younger, uh, it was only really land and and kind of beyond that, that we got the theatrical releases here of in the UK that I could kind of take advantage of. Uh, we are getting some re-releases. There was uh, before the pandemic, we had a uh, uh, a couple of guys uh, up in the north of England here ran a little uh, cinema fest and, and, and they screened Day and they screened Dawn, uh, which is great. And, you know, we've got to try and get more of that going on. I was lucky enough to see Dawn at the Monroeville Mall back in 2019, which was awesome. It was a 3D version. And that was really cool, uh, you know, seeing it, A, on the big screen for the first time and where it was made. Um, yeah, I, who here has seen the 3D version? Oh, you guys suck. <laughs> I'm sorry, Colin. I, I'm just like the one version. I, I have to say, I'm the only one who has seen the R rated version when it played with <laughs> So, and I complained and I got my money back. Afterwards. Wow. So, but anyway, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm still a 3D version. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. That's like, you know. I have to okay. try to get Mike Gornick over to Japan somehow when all this, when we're allowed to go everywhere, go places again. Get him, get I'm him sorry, I interrupted you. I rudely interrupted you, Colin. So you were saying you saw uh, you had Dawn and Day playing. Yeah, yeah. That was just saying, you know, one of the things we've got to try and do is, is get those those films screened more, certainly here in the UK, uh, because, you know, I think there's a whole generation of fans that would like that. They missed it because, of you know, whether they're perhaps too young or whatever it may be. Uh, of course, M films don't get a wide release anyway. So, where you live might also mean that you don't necessarily get to see it if it's you know if it's nowhere near where you live. So, uh, envious that you managed to get all those you know Night Riders and it's strange what you said earlier with Creepshow uh, and Creepshow Two because it was similar here. Creepshow Two you could find everywhere and it's got released you know on digital platforms and it's on streaming services and I actually think it's okay maybe because it was my first exposure that's what i saw first and that's what i liked and it has that kind of sentimentality and creep shows you know was the hard to get to was was the hard to find it's recently been released on some digital platforms here which is great uh so it's getting more and more kind of you know popularity and uh traction uh and i do like it now probably more than the second one i've certainly watched it more uh but it's strange how the sequels seem to just 
silhouette along with the you know the distribution and the publicity and, and again kind of getting noticed while while the first one had to sit idly by which is very unjust very unjust and something that we're fixing now hopefully i have a, a when creep show played I, I grew up in a place called rockland county it's right outside of, of new york city it's about 45 minutes driving and the theater where creep show i went on creep show opening night second night and i went the next week and i talked to the theater manager you know and he was like yeah the the movie because it, it was jam-packed the first weekend and then the the numbers oh. went down pretty quickly but it was really fun to be there and you know opening night everything there and i talked i, I was like you know i love the poster for this he's like yeah you want it i'll give it to you when the thing is the the run is done so i've got Nice. Uh, yeah, but the the poster is like the thickest paper I have ever seen, and unfortunately, it's like dried out because what is it like almost forty years? Right. So I've, yeah. I've got to do is mount it and never take it out. But it's the one; it's the drawing of the the creep thing. I mean, you, you, I'm sure you've all seen the poster. It's like, but I got it from the theater, but I've never seen it. It's like really laminated, really like it's almost like cardboard. I mean, it's rollable. You know, but it's like mm -hmm. that kind of like paper poster thing. I've never seen any. I wish it was the paper because it wouldn't have split, you know, dried out the way it has. I guess it's something with the lamination. You know, what what was this? Eighty two. Creep show was eighty two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, eighty two. Yeah. yeah, you know. So uh, you have to learn to to take care more of the posters. <laughs> That's the, poster master, the poster master is speaking you know yeah. <laughs> it's pain in my heart knowing that some good posters are, are, are feeling back are feeling bad in back in japan because you don't know how to, to take care of them that's bad no, well, you I don't know. I mean, I've got it wrapped in a tube and it's been in a tube for like 300 years and I pull it out every now and then to look at it and, you know, and what, what should I do? Like rub Vaseline on it or something? No, some stuff needs, needs to be, um, you know, like flat. Otherwise it just destroys itself. If you say, if you say that yes, laminated things inside, uh, you should keep it flat, you know? Okay. This is also this is pretty big, but it's not big enough. Unless I get, I, yeah, that's what I've got to get it in a, in a, uh, I've got to frame it, you know. Unfortunately, Japan has these wacky poster size sizes. You know, we've got like B four, B five, whatever yeah. they are. So I can go out and I can buy a frame for like twenty bucks. But if I want to frame a U.S. poster, I've got to go custom frame, and then it's like yeah. hundreds of dollars to get. You know, I've got a Dawn of the Dead green poster. I'm dying to to uh, to frame that thing so I can lord it over everybody. I got a green <laughs> green poster which I got for twenty five bucks at a Fangoria convention. It was like eighty six. I went there. I was like, I, "What is a green? I've never seen green before." And I was going to pass it up, and I was like, "You know, screw it. I'll buy it. Twenty five bucks." I'm like. <laughs> Like so, one of the the one I I got that, and I bought a, a Dawn of the Dead script for twenty bucks. You know, like a real script. You know, with the, the orange cover on. I got that for twenty bucks. I'm like, and wow. I, let me tell you, I, that is like nothing compared to what I have passed up, uh, um, lost. Yeah, I have, I got one of those. 
I got one of those. No, but I mean, I, I this is like the two instances I didn't screw up. Let me put it that way. You know, I've got a hundred other stories that would bring a tear to your eye, like what I passed up, what I didn't do. You know, I had like every Fantastic Four. I had every Spider-Man. Um, all of those, my dad made me sell them. If I still had them now, I could buy, you know, Spider-Man 1 is like a million bucks now. I mean, really. I mean, it's like, holy shit, I got this thing for $20, you know, back, you know, in the 70s. So, and my dad, my dad, though, when I gave him, give him a hard time about that, even though he's not with us, he's like, I had Action Comics number one. You know, I had that. It was like there were ten of those on the rack at, at your your grandfather's pharmacy there. And I'm like, <laughs> actually, Norman, you've you've got me thinking. I might need to. Uh, this is going a little bit off topic, but I might need to send you some info. And I'm not expecting anything to be worth any amount. But I've got a bit of a stash because I used to be into manga comics before I pretty much anything else. Uh, and I've got a stash of manga comics we could get from various places in central london and they've got to be i'd say relatively good condition near near min and maybe uh you know 25 years plus old uh akira is probably the most famous we've got some i don't know i wouldn't say it's a first 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 edition it's like a, maybe a first edition reprint or something uh i've no idea if they're even in any kind of demand anymore i might have to yeah, I, I wouldn't know i mean it, my uh fiance who's been my fiance for over a year now because of the pandemic this is getting to be like uh jim and pam in the office if you know what i'm talking about the other guy you know the guy in the 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 warehouse when pam was engaged like the, the world's longest engagement but this is because of the pandemic goddamn it but anyway she's a manga artist so she knows um you know about my i don't know anything about i gave up like i said it's too painful for me to look at old comic books because i'm like i don't even want to look at the prices like you're yeah. kidding me fantastic for 110 goes for this much money i mm -hmm. mean that was like 50 cents who who the hell wants fantastic for 110 you know, I mean, we're trying to get like, I'm, I got to get all the Steve Ditko Spider-Men, you know, the, the first 33 or whatever. Those are like now worth their weight in gold times 10, you know, I mean, like, mm -hmm. so anyway, those, so I have my two green poster and my Dawn of the Dead script. And now I can get all like, okay, I didn't screw up on two things. Two things, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Paolo's got uh, an incredible uh, movie poster collection. Oh, Paolo's yeah. now seen some of it. Been collecting since 1985, 84 actually, and uh, recently got here. You can see these are the, the original um, artworks for the two Mario Bava's uh, post Italian poster for um, Operazione Paura, that is Kill Baby Kill in US. So basically, this is the four folio and this is the two folio by Everardo Ciriello. So these are the original artwork from where they made the poster out and they are very rare. So, but, and I used to spend a lot of time with George uh, showing him uh, uh, my film noir poster collection. He loved them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope I can do again, same thing. You know, hoping this pandemic hell is finishing 
uh, I want to do exhibition all over the world. I have. You, you should come to, to Tokyo and do a, 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 an exhibition here. That would be incredible. Absolutely, man. I, you know, yeah. that's my, that's when I, I can do a lot of stuff for, you know, even you know, again, you know, going on with Dario and Asia and, and Ruggero Deodato and Lamberto Bava all over the world with convention during this last 10, 15 years. I never, never been able to get in the, the, the Japanese market to come into Tokyo. And so now I, I really would like, you know, Claudio, every time it comes to Tokyo, he's laughing like that. He's, he's selling every, every merchandise in like 10 minutes. You know, people like, you know, you know buying everything. And, uh, you know, I know that they love uh, Italian horror a lot, you know, Japanese. Yeah. So, you know, it, it would be great to do um, an exhibition of Italian horror poster because I have stuff from from Black Sunday, so from 1960 up to you know late 80s, Lucio Fulci, all the all the thriller, everything. Well, that stuff would go over big, and that's a thing too because I would say almost in a way Italian horror is more popular in Japan than American horror, you know, because it's there isn't a language they they need subtitles for both of them, you know, so right. they're they're judging them on the merits of just the film itself. I mean, as an American, it's always easier, you know, to watch a film that's set in your own culture, in your own language, than right. to watch. But, but even a lot of the Italian ones, you know, they're the international releases. So they often, the ones here are with the um, English dubs. Are, are really, now the, now Blu-rays come out, they have both. They, they'll have the the international dub and then they'll, they'll go to the, but even so, even if it's English, they still need the, subtitles mm -hmm. absolutely you know. so it's more about the suggest but, visual suggestion you know probably right 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 right. yeah so all of those i mean i've got uh, i got a friend coming over tomorrow he's a big like full she expert and i mean he writes all the books and he does all the blu-ray essays on these things and i can't find a friggin horror movie he hasn't seen actually tonight when you're speaking of Mexican um, horror, I watched the movie Don't Panic. I don't know if you know. It's, it, it's horrible. It like he's coming over tomorrow, you know. And Screaming Mad George did the makeup on the body. Is shot in Mexico. Speaking mm -hmm. of you know, Mexican horror movies, but I'm going to try tomorrow. Like I'm going to show him the the last 20 minutes of this movie is completely insane. <laughs> to him, and I know he's going to say, "Yeah, I know this movie." I mean, I can't find a film this guy hasn't seen. It's like I'm on a mission. <laughs> and I have to say, the guy's got no social life. You know what I mean? That's why he's able to to have this vast knowledge. You of course, know? yeah, of course. You know, so you, it, it's always a trade off. You know, I mean, I'm on a mission to see like every '80s horror movie. So, and luckily, I'm with a uh, you know with Miyako. She's a big horror freak, so. I mean, the other night, I'm like, "Can we? You haven't seen Citizen Kane yet. You got to." <laughs> She's like, "Can't you show me some Vinegar Syndrome movie?" You know? <laughs> Norman, do you have the uh, you have the Vinegar Syndrome? Don't panic. Oh, that yeah. That, oh yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what I, I'm sorry. That's what I'm talking about. Don't. The, yeah, the Vinegar you Syndrome. Have, I was wondering if you had the Vinegar Syndrome release of that. Like, do you have that? Yeah. No, I've been. Uh, they just released a trilogy of that guy's films, and I want. I want to check them all out. Okay, well, I have to say, like, it started off like really ridiculous, like, and it is like, I mean, 
mind-numbingly awful, but it's mm -hmm. one of those films that's kind of like, God, it's like, what? You know, like, what? And then the ending, like like those last 20 minutes, they go in, they find this this friend of theirs lying in his underwear with socks that are so dirty. <laughs> the socks are like brown. Like, how do you get your sock? And what are you lying? And Miyako's like, like looking at the screen, like with her, her covering your face. And we're just laughing hysterically. Like, oh. And then the movie just got like, oh my God, this is the incredible film, you know? I mean, you know what I mean by incredible? Yes. The Forgotten yeah. Jallos, they are great. They, they had three three box sets of yeah. Forgotten Jallos, uh, all wonderfully restored, and and it's really it's really, really great stuff. It's really good. But I was saying, I was saying about Poster that uh, even George Poster in Italy are incredibly good and completely different artwork from the international ones. So if you go to my website, you can see. The exhibition I did when George came to Lucca with all the big, you know, like the crazies portfolio, the creep show, and even even Dawn of the Dead portfolio with all the ends. It's one. It's, I think it's one of the most beautiful um, artwork uh, internationally. So you know, should check that out. Absolutely. Yeah, I have your website. It's very good. Very. I was I was amazed how, just how much you've got on there. It's just really great. I was I was. Yeah, I, 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 was I, agent, I haven't promoted of my collection, man. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess Julian is not showing up. So. Yeah, I was going to say, Colin. He, uh, your your theory <laughs> the one, failed. The one hour <laughs> theory didn't hold up there. No, I, I was checking the email. He was trying to get in. It was giving him some error. Uh, so uh, we'll have to, Colin. We'll we'll definitely have to round him up for uh, for our we'll next uh, Garf Global. We'll we'll work out why France is trying to stifle his free speech. No, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, actually, yeah, definitely. Let's uh. We'll have to gather back up again and bring bring Julian on. And uh, where we've been making this, I don't know. It's we last time we got together was in January, so we'll have to yeah, do this yeah. in another another three four months. Let's uh, let's make sure and gather oh, yeah. back up because hopefully, like everybody's been saying, hope it sounds like things or events are starting to clear up and things are starting to scheduled yeah, we, events are starting to happen. So I think the UK, for reasons that we won't go into here, we we seem to be really good with. The vaccinations and getting things opened up uh so uh there's a there's a couple of big conventions coming up that are gonna run uh london film and comic-con is gonna run in the summer which will be quite exciting uh and they've got a freddy krueger costume suit which would be pretty cool uh, they've got some horror guests as well which would be good then there's uh uh, a horror convention in the autumn that's should be quite good uh and as yeah uh i can't say too much but there's a couple of uh events i'm personally looking to get involved with that Garth can be affiliated to so i'll definitely update you on those because we'll have good updates on those by the time we uh we come back i just wanted to say and this is for all the guys uh we all run uh ambassador twitter accounts for our respective territory so if you're not on those hit those go hit, hit those up it's typically the garth and an underscore and then the country so italy obviously for paolo and japan for norman and the uk for me and that's how we we tend to uh, get the news out and uh, spread the word so if guys can uh, get on those even if you're not in those territories hit up 
those accounts and, and, and you'll get all the good news of what is going on in those territories. Uh, and we, we tweet and we share, you know, amongst ourselves. So uh, all the accounts are all linked up and, and getting the good news out there. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, uh, I guess uh, until next time, uh, I don't know, Matt, <laughs> you, <laughs> we give you the floor for a second. If you no, <laughs> I, yeah. So I apologize. I'm dropping it off. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, no, I mean, it's just nice to see you guys. Um, you know, Norman and I go back almost 25 years now. His zombie farm was the first, George Romero website I hit on the internet. Um, I still remember my first email to him. I was so nervous. And, you know, now he's one of the greatest people and best friends that I've ever had. And Paolo and I, we were lucky enough to meet at a convention, God, over 10 years ago now with, with Dario and everything. And, you know, Colin, the UK connection and Eric and I are going on, you know, 20 years. It's just great that, you know, you guys are in your respective countries. I hate it because we don't get together in person all the time, but, you know, it, there's, not a better group of folks to to help with the message of the Garf and George and and keeping his legacy alive. We all have those, you know, intimate connections that mean so much to us and it shows how much we care. And and we want to spread that word. And and I love hearing how George is viewed in other countries and his movies. And it it's an everlasting thing. It's it's never really died off. It's always been there. And I think it's even bigger now than before. And you know, unfortunately with him not being here it's we're bringing more people into the fold and people are looking at his films differently as we get older and go back and watch them just slightly different. And we're picking up more stuff. And it's like, we rediscover the, these movies every few years and getting back together and Norman may watch a movie and go, you know, I never noticed this and you go, really? And you go back and you discover it and you share that, you know, you, you guys are fantastic. I love everything you guys do. Um, you know, thank you to Suze for bringing us all together in this capacity you, to help with, with George. Yeah. We, we love you, Suze and, and everyone at the Garf. Uh, you know, you guys are, you guys are wonderful. I, I really just enjoyed sitting here listening to you guys talk. That was what I was hoping for just to, just to hear the stories and, and laugh with you guys. This is, this is wonderful. I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll be back. I'll second that. Can't wait to do it again. And yeah, I can't think of anybody better than than the two of you and and Colin as well to be, to be representing the Garf. So, and also laughing, laughing is the best way we can choose to remember George, right? You know, that's you know, it's, it's all about that having fun and laughing about anything, even that. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. we're going to start doing vaccine vaccines here next month. So okay. it's been 65 and older. So, I mean, I'm hoping that we can get out there, you know, next out, out to the Pittsburgh area, you know, so I can at least hang out with Sir Eric. And next year, you know, I want to get out there, you know, and uh, get back to the mall, you know, Pittsburgh, beautiful city. And there's another thing I have to say, if it wasn't for George, I would never have ever gone to Pittsburgh mm -hmm. in my life, you know, really, even yeah. though I'm a New Yorker. I mean, that is freaking far. You know, I took a bus <laughs> once. I'm like, this is like eight hours. You know, <laughs> like, you look at the map, I'm like, what, shouldn't this be like, you know, two and a half hours, New York to Pittsburgh? But I mean, that's pretty far, you know. And yeah, I made my first pilgrimage to the mall in 83, you know, but, you know, I've been over there and, and I still, you know, Pittsburgh, 
<clears throat> I can understand. I've always read how George said how he fell in love with the city. And it's like, oh, my God, it's a beautiful city. I mean, the sunsets yeah. there are incredible. You know, the, the Allegheny, the just the whole city is like, oh, my God, I love New York, you know. But, man, if I had to pick a second city, you know, it's a, and I wouldn't have known it if it wasn't for George, you know. And it's like <clears throat> you guys, I mean, going out there, I was there for the 50th of night. I mean, that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was that was great. I mean, I, I, I met so many wonderful people. I mean, I hate when the, the thing I hate is those things go by so quickly, you know, and then they're over. Yeah. But I want to do it again, you know. So I mean, I um, I'm looking at you know 2022 to to be to be back in at least you know Eric and Matt's area. I hope Colin. I haven't been in the UK since 1970. Come across. Oh. Come over. You're more and than I welcome. I was pissed. I was pissed when I went to we went to the to Europe. I did a whole six months in Europe in England with my parents, and I missed Beneath the Planet of the Apes in the movie theater. And uh -huh. I told my parents, I'm like, you realize what you're doing to me? You're taking me to Europe for six months. I got out of the fifth grade early to travel around the world, and I'm going to miss Beneath the Planet of the Apes. How can I even face school in September? Those monsters, <laughs> your parents were real monsters, man. Terrible, terrible. That big free travel. I, I, I realized what a stupid thing that was to say, but uh, but still, you know, I mean, I, I'd love to, I love traveling, and and I've never been to Italy. I'd love to get to Italy, you know, and I've never yeah. I've gone through Italy, you know, with my family driving through, but we've never really. I mean, I really don't know the place, you know. I'm waiting, all of you, all of you. You're gonna make a. Uh, uh, like a, a, a golf reunion in front of a nice dinner my way. So. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, count on it. That's Absolutely. happening. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it's, it's going on 2 a.m. here, so I'm going to have to. All right, guys. Here. All right. For everybody here at the Garth, I'm Eric. And I'm Matt. Colin, you, you sign off too, I'm buddy. Colin, and I can just say thanks for having us and the ambassadors. All right. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Right, guys. We'll see you next time. Right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> see you guys. Thank you.